Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Whatever happened to predictability, the milkman, the paperboy, and evening TV? There's something so welcoming and familiar about a well-crafted TV theme song. As a wise Bostonian once said, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. While the sitcom theme song has become far less important in a modern competitive media landscape, it's an art form that deserves greater appreciation. And to that end, the great pop culture debate is trying to crown the best sitcom theme song of all time. Call Fred Flintstone because we're going to have a gay old time. (laughs) Believe it or not, I'm talking on air. I never thought I could feel so gassy. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, but I can't do this all on my own. I'm no Superman. Please welcome up my amazing panel. It's the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, muppetational Ama Marfo. Let's start the music. Let's light the lights. Let's do it. Welcome to the show, Ama. Who can turn the world on with a smile? It's Dan Howell. Oh, you know, I checked my local listings and I still don't know if I have my DVR set right. Oh, well, you really do suddenly make it all seem worthwhile. And she's the lady in red when everybody else is wearing tan. Please welcome back Kate Reculia. I'm just a flashy girl from Syracuse. I don't think you can be flashy and from Syracuse. (laughs) And I say that as someone who is. All right. So before we dive into the debate, let's go over how this all works. We made a list of every memorable sitcom theme song we could think of from the Dick Van Dyke show through to the Big Bang Theory. We had more than 100 people take the survey to pick their favorites and the top 32 vote getters were ranked by popularity added to a bracket and our panelists have made their decisions. Now we argue about it and insult each other all for your amusement. If you want to follow along at home, you can find all the brackets, including the one for this episode, at greatpopculturedebate.com. Make a copy for yourself, fill it out, like Laverne and Shirley, do it your way, and then compare it to our panelists' picks. Think we're way off base? Drop a comment on this episode on the website, or be like my mom and yell at me on social media. So before we get into the actual debates, we're going to go over the unanimous winners for round one. Picture it. Number one seed, the Golden Girls, shredded eight seed, the office. One seed, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, demoted eight seed, Charles in Charge. Three seed, Mary Tyler Moore, evicted six seed, Three's Company. One seed, Friends, outrocked the Cleveland Rocks theme for the Drew Carey show. Quick sidebar, I was surprised that that was the Drew Carey one that made it in. I find it the least charming of their three themes, but that's fine. Three seed, the Jeffersons, finally got their piece of the pie over six seed, Happy Days. And I just adore a penthouse view, but two seed, the Muppet Show, left seven seed green acres in the menorah pile finally one seed gilligan's island capsized eight seed married with children 
And with that, we're on to the actual debates. Three quarter of our panel picked the Flintstones over 70 swinger. Welcome back, Cotter. Ama, you were the one down with Mr. Cotter. Why? So this was a really challenging one for me because I very quickly realized that it was going to be, are you voting for the one that is the best song from a compositional standpoint versus the one that means the most to you. So I love the Flintstones grew up with it was a really big fan. But when I thought about like, what was a better song, I think there's something jazzier, catchier to welcome back Cotter. Yeah. And that's a really great point because everyone brings a different kind of rubric to this for their choices. And there is no doubt. Welcome back. Cotter is a great song. It's super catchy. It's brilliantly arranged. It tells you everything you need to know about that show, but it stands on its own. As it's as a as an actual single, like I believe it was a popular radio song at the time. I think it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so I fully hear that, Dan. Why did you go with the Flintstones? So the the Flintstones is you know it's one of those theme songs that everybody knows it. Um, it is iconic. It became a jazz standard um, after the Flintstones aired um, on TV. It helped Flintstones become one of the most highest rate, most highest, oy vey, the <laughs> highest rated um, animated primetime sitcoms ever. And, I, you know, it, it's got that big band score to it. It, again, it's one of those, it lays out the Flintstones world in bedrock. Um, and it, it just, it's a, it's such a great, happy introduction into this modernized caveman life. And I, and I, and I love it. Yeah. And I mean, without the Flintstones and the success of this song, would we have Pebble cereal and would we have Flintstones chewable vitamins? It's true. These are the it's questions true. That I need to have answered. And would we have a version done by the B-52s? There is a version of this song done by the B-52s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They read they did the uh, the theme for the Flintstones movie. Yeah. For the live action one from 94, I want to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it does have to be my choice, but man, I love the live action Flintstones. Like if it is on TV, I will watch it. I will talk the whole, I know all of it. Ugh. Yeah, it's so good. It's Was so it good. Rosie O'Donnell, Betty Ruppel? Yes, that, yes she, she sure is. is. Haley Berry's in it. Kyle McLaughlin. Ugh. Rick Moranis? Come on. One of the last times we saw Rick Moranis, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Um, well, there we go. So uh, we have Dan, myself, and Kate with the Flintstones. Is anybody changing their mind on that? No. Welcome Back, Cotter is a jam, but the it's Flintstones is yeah. iconic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amar, are you stick- sticking with Mr. Cotter? I can be pulled over to the other side. I can. You don't have to. It, it's completely <laughs> fine to be like, I am standing my ground. We're still going to advance the Flintstones, but you can say, on principle, I'm sticking with Mr. Welcome Back, Cotter and an early performance by uh, our own Danny Zoo. No, I'm, I'm going to allow myself to be swayed here and dig my heels in elsewhere. <laughs> All right. So we are have a unanimous uh, victory for the Flintstones. Moving on, 75% of our panel also preferred three-seed Cheers over six-seed The Love Boat. I will gladly throw on my life preserver and go down with this ship. But before I do that, Kate, why Cheers? Uh, cheers. So I did, I did a little research. Um, cheers was actually named... <laughs> Um, by I think TV Guide maybe t- 2011 as the greatest sitcom theme of all time. Um, mm. So it has that like laurel. <laughs> is it a laurel? <laughs> sure. I'm not sure what it is going into this, <laughs> but it is, it's just like so. My rubric for picking the best songs was: is the song itself like compositionally? It does it. Is it a good song? Um, how has it? Uh, 
affected pop culture, been a part of cult- pop culture? What kind of legs does it have? And h- how good is it at distilling a particular essence of whatever it is, you know, um, whatever the show is? And Cheers is just all three of those things. It's a good, it's a funny song. Although in listening to the lyrics, there's like, like a little wee transphobia in it like oh yeah <laughs> yeah the oh, second yeah. verse is totally oh, transphobic yeah i was like wow okay all right okie dokes that's great um but you know <laughs> um, <laughs> if we're just taking the part that's like in the credits of the song itself it's funny lyrics it's it's this great kind of like you want to go to the place where everyone knows your name where everyone's troubles are all the same let's just go to this watering hole in boston um this place where everyone comes from some other kind of life and finds community together which is really what the show is about um yeah and get Cheers. fucked up on a nightly basis they sure do they sure do that's right a great show about alcoholism um <laughs> no but i mean of the four people on this podcast three either have or currently live in boston so <laughs> i get it and i'm not gonna win this I know, one no, no. <laughs> i'm very comfortable with that but i will say this about the love boat theme song first of all there was some debate as to whether or not the love boat even counts as a sitcom and i hear that in my opinion it does like none of that was played serious like it was all (laughs) bottom of the barrel famous people looking for an easy paycheck and um, they interacted by being kind of low grade sluts for an hour a week like it was fine um but the theme song is a jam it is a bop you throw that sucker on you pop a quaalude and you twirl twirl in your apartment (laughs) the love boat has it going on like can't you just see yourself doing that and i really i think i was born like two decades too late because i I would (laughs) have i would not have survived the 70s but i also would have had a great time would have had an amazing time eric an amazing time um but like I can't hear the song and not imagine Z-listers with their names popping up in a porthole. <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley, Pizadora, Charo, Charo again. She just sleeps under the chafing dishes in the buffet. <laughs> it is very evocative to me. And for that reason, I, I will always cherish it, but I relent and I, I am completely fine moving cheers. To that <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to change my vote, but I am going to say what song do I occasionally just sing to my cats? It is is the love boat theme <laughs> exactly there's your love. food it's the same i gave you yesterday like it's just you can apply it to everything uh, yes. you're presenting someone majestic I mean, they like, enjoy it as much as i can enjoy anything really yes it's yeah true. <laughs> and they enjoyed it like we enjoy charo every fucking week like it's not exciting nor is it new but it's there <laughs> Okay, so moving on. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. Three quarters of us preferred 2C Laverne and Shirley, while Kate preferred the bracket suicide is indeed painless <laughs> by championing 2C Mash. So, Kate, where were you going with that? Okay, so again, this is something that I will very happily let the theme from Laverne and Shirley trounce this, but I couldn't not speak for MASH. Um, it is one of, I think it's the only purely instrumental theme that made it to the bracket, which Patreon listeners can go and listen to our warm-up show uh, and hear, well done, Kate. hear Emma talk about the, the nice instrumental one. that didn't make it. <laughs> Nicely um, done. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Um <laughs> 
It is a great instrumental. It's a great instrumental song. But it is, it's also, so in, in doing some research too, it is the theme from the movie that Robert Altman directed about MASH that came out, I think, in the early 70s that the TV show is an adaptation from that was written for a specific scene um, that like, it's like there's a like a mock last supper at the MASH like encampment. Um, and he had to give it to this one character to sing where, where someone's like doing like a faux suicide. Real happy stuff. Yes. Oh my. He like he like Robert Altman couldn't write the lyrics, so like his son Mike, who was fourteen, wrote it, and I was like, yes, a fourteen year old can definitely write "Suicide Is Painless," and I can Whoa. take or leave it in the end, right? But it's it's such a it's such a haunting song, and I think Mash is such an incredible TV show too because it is like a like one of the earliest dramedies, right? Like it's sure. very funny, but it's also extremely sad, and ultimately it's about the waste and the absurdity of war right and i like especially when you're talking about sitcoms or when you're talking about comedy in general i always respond more to comedy that earns the laughs because it also looks at the dark and mm-hmm. mash I definitely did that and you can look at mash and say that like because of mash we have um glow <laughs> like it's that same kind of it's it's so sad, but it's also so funny. And that ends up making it feel really alive. And I feel like Suicide is Painless as this haunting theme that tells you there's something deeper going on in the show other than just like the situation that's funny um, is really is, is pushing the genre of TV storytelling forward. So mesh. <laughs> that's a great argument. Thank and you. I am pleased that it made the bracket because it is an iconic song and it deserves to be discussed. Um but Amma, I'm hoping you can take our energy level back up from this very bleak foxhole that we found ourselves and talk to me about Penny Marshall goofing off in a beer factory. I need to go there. I need to go there right now. Exactly. And I think that's a big part of it is, again, first going back to the argument that I made for Welcome Back, Cotter versus the Flintstones, the idea of when I was in the heyday of watching those shows which one kind of gave me that better feeling. And I think Laverne and Shirley in a number of ways for someone who's nine, 10 years old, like, yeah, I'm going to get Laverne and Shirley and not fully understand why MASH is funny. Mm -hmm. And I mean, 20 years later, I've come back around on why both of them work. But I think that Laverne and Shirley is just one of those classic ones where you have a really good feeling watching that show, getting to that theme song, seeing all the situations that came in. And there's also a little bit of a hashtag justice for happy days piece of this because it's not represented. And like that whole class of shows that Gary Marshall, Penny Marshall did together. So happy days, Laverne and Shirley, even Mork and Mindy, um, all of those, just that feeling that it gives you when you're about to jump into an episode that kind of carried Laverne and Shirley over mash for me. Yeah, and I, I'm th- I'm glad that you brought up that because that whole kind of uh, collection of shows, there's a real wonderful brightness to those theme songs. I would argue that like, as much as I love my 80 Schmaltz theme songs, and we'll get into those later. Um, right before we got to that, there was that really. I think it's like the the pinnacle of great theme song writing, which is it's impactful it's bright it actually references what's going on in the show but not in a way that's super narrative like the way the 60s did um i i think it's great so agree fully on laverne and shirley we is anyone going to change their vote to mash 
Dan? I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the girls. <laughs> sticking with the girls. So we're going to advance Laverne and Shirley onto round two. Uh, we were surprisingly deadlocked between four seed Full House and five seed Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Dan, why Kimmy? Uh, so the theme song to Kimmy Schmidt, um, I did, uh, you know, again, working on this episode, I <clears throat> uh, did my research and I, again, love Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, I was a fan of Full House at the time when it was on. I was much, you know, I was I was a kid when it was on, and I thought it was great. Um, I I don't have the same appreciation for it as an adult as I did as a kid. But Kimmy Schmidt, so the 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 melody um, and the lyrics were written by Jeff Richmond, um, who is Tina Fey's husband, um, who also wrote the theme to Thirty Rock, and they took his melody and lyrics, gave it to the Gregory brothers, who are the duo uh, trio, I can't remember how many of them are, who like basically invented songifying um, songs from the news on YouTube. Um, they did Bedroom Intruder. They did the Double Rainbow song. They did Winning with Charlie Sheen. Um, they like brought that songification to the forefront. And you know, it's so iconic of that period of time when it seemed like everything was being songified to a point where no one wants anything to be songified anymore. But it it also is applicable to the story of these women escaping a cult um, that was underground in a bunker. And, you know, they, they knew from the get-go they wanted this to be the theme song to the show because it's so relatable to the content that then even later on in the series, the guy that's interviewed at the beginning, his character comes back and, you know, he's like risen to fame and has fallen back into obscurity and they bring him back to talk about the impact that's had on his life um, and talks to Titus Burgess's character about how, you know, you shouldn't just chase easy fame because you're going to go and you're going to drop back down again. Your 15 minutes aren't what you expect. You know, and I thought that was so great that they they literally connected their theme song to a plot line in their story, which is fascinating. It's also so damn catchy. Like, <laughs> I sing it all the time because it's constantly stuck in my head. Um, I just think I think it's just a it's a really solid representation of a show and a time period even though it was like five years ago. Um, I can tell that you want to uh, add something here. I do. Um, so in addition to that kind of it being very much a snapshot of the point in time that it takes place, um, there's like a slight little nudge to it in the interactive special on Netflix, which is like the final chapter of it, wherein um, if you do go to skip it, Walter Bankston, the character, like pops up and is like, "You want to skip it? It's going to be longer, and you get an extended version of it." Oh. <laughs> That's amazing! It's delightful. Like, I don't want to give away any of like the additional twists and turns, but that's one that I encourage people to pop up and try to just say, like, "Go ahead and click that." It is an option, and it does something incredibly cool. But it's just, it is. It's such a joyful song. It's such a fun one. It does connect directly into the story, and it's just. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. So I'm going to fully affirm Dan's decision here. Okay, so this is really interesting. I'm going to speak on Full House, but um, I, you guys have actually done a very good job swaying I know. on this one. I'm extremely um, swayable for this whole show. Just <laughs> <extremely high. laughs> um, that said, I am going to speak to Full House because, as I mentioned it a few minutes ago, the 80s sitcom Schmaltz is 100% like my kiddie pool. I love it. That was... Like, 
that TGIF, like the synth and the saxophones and the like the 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 wailing guitars, and it was like it was a lot of energy, right? For, for, for really very small stories. It's like, Bam! We're eating in a picnic in a park. Yeah, it was very very intense. Um, but I do think that the Full House songs actually of those that area one of the better ones, and it, it's it, the voice on it is good. It's it's recognizable. You can't help but sing along with it. And this is not really a relevant issue, but I'm going to bring it up. Carly Rae Jepsen does an excellent cover of this for Fuller House, which how I is that not relevant? <laughs> Because it's not the same th- so show, but okay. like her, her yeah. is always relevant. I just want to give you that permission, but please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's really all I have on that one. I am completely fine with us moving Kimmy Schmidt forward, and I will sway my vote. Kate, uh, Kate what do you think on that? Um, I'm also going to swing my vote. That was an extremely compelling argument. And and it is really the only when I think of like sitcom themes, it is literally the only sitcom word theme, like lyrical theme that I can call to mind of the last like decade like specifically That's a great point. Like, in a time when we're getting fewer and fewer theme songs it, yeah. not, it stands out as one, but it's it's like an all caps like we have a theme song and that is some if it's an art form you appreciate there is that additional point that they not only didn't cop out of making one but they really went for it yeah, yeah, it's a great point. It's a it's an excellent point. So there you go, folks. We have our first big swing of Ooh. the uh, of the bracket. We are going to grab the Ouija board and we're going to summon Nell Carter because we need a break. <laughs> so we will be right back with the rest of round one after a word from these sponsors. If someone bothered to buy the ad space, but we will be right back. <laughs> is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hey, Kate. Hey, Eric. So I heard, and this may be true, that you were actually the Great Pop Culture Debate's very first Patreon subscriber. (gasps) Was I? You were. You're not only a panelist, you're also a founder. Also a founder. I mean, it does give me a feeling of joy to contribute towards high quality podcasts like the Great Pop Culture Debate so that, you know, like I get swag. Yeah. What kind of swag do you get? Um, You get a button. That's the one I signed up for. Is there a tote? I feel like there should be a tote. (laughs) There's not a tote yet, but that's a great idea. I have some other ideas that I'm working on. You get access to things early. You get access to Patreon only little mini-sodes. You get to hear the warm-ups before when everyone's just kind of getting their little sea legs before they get into the main the main attraction and you get season zero you get season zero it's exactly right you will never hear the otherwise folks and there's some great episodes in that which include best madonna single best rupaul's drag race lip sync best uh 90s cartoon and the only way you can hear those is by getting a patreon sponsor 
sponsorship with for as low as $2 a month. Then you even get season zero just for that. So, so thank you very much, Kate. Uh, we appreciate all of our Patreon sponsors. And if you do have the interest, please go to patreon.com backslash great pop culture debate and support us. Welcome back. Continue with round one. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And then you have me getting my ass kicked by supporting two seed The Facts of Life <laughs> over seven seed Greatest American Hero, which was supported by literally everyone else. Kate, why should I believe it or not? Uh, so this actually, this is kind of a funny personal story. Maybe it's not even funny. I don't know. I remember my mother had sheet music for the piano to the great American hero that I remember being like, just fascinated that I was like, what is this show? I've never heard of the show. It's so good. It has its own sheet music that my mother plays on the piano. And it's, I mean, it's kind of, it doesn't fit all of the things of my rubric, right? Because like, I've never seen the great American hero. I have no idea whether or not this song conveys some essential um, innate truth about the show. I expect it does. It does. It doesn't seem it too does. complicated. Um, but it is also, it's a, it's a jam. Like, it's just a really catchy song. It's very clever. It's an inversion. It's, it's sort of um, a satirical, cute commentary on the idea of being a hero and being this great American, like, force for justice. He's sort of like, he was Carrie's prom date. And he's this, like, dude with, like, very curly hair who's kind of, it, they should have picked somebody else, right? Like, I, believe it or not, it's me. I'm the hero. And there's, there's a lesson to be had in all of that be the hero of your own story america oh that's america. very sweet and i will say this um it was not a big hit it was a short-lived show yeah. and the but the, the song uh, the song charted it was like number two on wait hold on i also pulled this up on the adult contemporary chart believe it or not went to number three uh it was number two on the billboard hot 100 in 1981 uh do you want to guess the song that kept it out of the top spot it was 1981. Yeah. Was it Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton? No, it was Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Uh, I but can't still, about that. like, are there any other themes other than, you know, we'll get to there, the Ren's fray <laughs> that made it, that charted, like, the song? And also, believe it or not, George isn't at home. Like, that's an important pop culture. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, a couple other songs did chart actually. Welcome back, Cotter definitely oh, it did. did, and I think Golden Girls did too, but not the version on the show, the original, the right. songwriter's yeah. version. But we're we're getting off track. Like, the, here's the thing, folks. I know that I went for um, Facts of Life instead of this, but I love Greatest American Hero theme song. I've mm-hmm. always loved it. I actually remember watching that show when I was a kid. Didn't you sing it? You yes. S- yeah, I did. It is one of my go-to karaoke songs. Yes. It is fucking amazing. <laughs> And so I am I not mad that. about this one advancing at all. Look at what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. <laughs> but um, I will speak on behalf of the uh, Facts of Life because that is my job. Um, and what I want to say is, girls, girls, girls. <laughs> Honestly, the theme song is the best part of the Facts of Life. It is a solid sitcom and I love it. And, you know, uh, Blair's hair also is the other great part of that show. But um the song is fucking great. And we can sit there and we can uh, t- talk about how amazing The Greatest American Hero is because it is. But this is a great sitcom theme song. And it also changed over time. The, uh, the first season of Facts and Life is very different from the other ones. Like half the cast isn't there. They retooled the theme song, etc. It's written by Alan Thicke and Gloria Lowe. What? Like the- yeah. Yes. Yeah. Solid. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
they were a song, a, a theme song power couple in the eighties. They wrote a bunch of them, including Growing Pain. There's, yeah, they did a few. There's a novel. Yeah, they were there's a novel right there. A theme song power. There's couple. totally. <laughs> there is, and then uh, they divorced, of course. And what is the the end game for all of this? Robin fucking thick and blurred lines. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I consider the two of them to be like the Norman Lear of sitcom theme songs from the eighties, and I do think we'd be doing a disservice to the genre and to the show by not at least talking about how great it is. A catchy theme song. It's got a great patter to it. It's energetic. Does a great job describing the show, but. All that said, Greatest American Hero is kind of its own little supernova, really and I'm is. not at all mad about it advancing. So does anyone object to it going to round two? Nope. Not I. Nope. Dan- all right, good. So we're going to move it on. Uh, I'm hosting a theme song podcast in Forest Hills, Queens, and my panelists kicked out the nanny in one of those crushing scenes. <laughs> I will define five. I will defend 5C the nanny named Fran, while Ama speaks on 4C the Simpsons, which currently has three quarters of our votes. Ama, go for it. Okay, so to inform this decision, I should also say that loving TV theme songs, I also love film scores. Um, That's a really big part of the type of music I enjoy. So the idea that this silly show that's kind of for kids, kind of for adults, got Danny Elfman to do the music, and it's so emblematic of the type of music that he does, um, felt really exciting to me. And I think it's one of those things that as soon as you hear it, you know exactly what it's referring to, which the nanny has that as well. But I really love just the sound that it kind of identifies with the show and it runs all the way through. And even after so many years, you just kind of hear that song and you know exactly what's coming. And yet they've also managed to innovate on it a little bit. So there are a number of different versions. They had a Game of Thrones crossover version of it. So it's a really versatile song in its own right. So I'm going to fight for the uh, film score in me and say Simpsons has got to take this one. Yeah, and again, this is one of those where I'm completely content with it, with me losing because the Simpsons, like we use throw on the word iconic a lot, like a lot. I do especially, but The Simpsons is fucking iconic. And the, the best part about it is when Danny Elfman wrote that, he thought it was a throwaway that nobody would ever hear because he's like, no one is going to watch this stupid show. Yeah. And now it's what? How many? Is oh my it- God. I think there's season 31. I want to say season 31, but like if you classify it as a sitcom, which for the purposes we do, it's the longest running sitcom on television. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I don't know how it doesn't advance, except that I'm an idiot and I put the nanny in front of it. But (laughs) here's why. Um, I think it has an absolutely fabulous swing beat to it. It's got a great little jazzy delivery, fantastic harmonies. It's very sweet ad lines and some super smart lyrics. Like the whole rat-a-tat-a-tat introduction and then like she had style she had flair she was there it perfectly encapsulates this sweet little show that like came out of nowhere and was actually very popular for a few years so um i think the nanny is a great uh theme i think it's a great opening credit sequence which is its own separate bracket which i I hope you will get to at some point yes Um, vote for it patreon people request that patreon people Vote for that, guys. Yeah. But all of that being said, I'm completely content with The Simpsons moving forward. It's a juggernaut, and I don't know how you can get it out. So um, this is – I will also be out on my fanny along with uh, with, with Nanny Fran. But frankly, <laughs> on my fanny is where I do my best work. So we will be moving on. <laughs> you know, uh, Go ahead, Kate. I was just going to say it's funny when I was like, yeah, I think that, you know, Suicide is Painless is the only instrumental because, like – I, the Simpsons is in like another league in terms of what songs are, right? TV oh, series. Yeah. I didn't even consider yeah. it. Like, 
Yeah, like it has words at the very beginning, so it's that's true. Yeah, that's it has true. it has been name of the show, and that is what disqualifies it as being an instrumental. But this is the closest that you get to that, which I think is why so strongly like this has to go through. And like even the 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 words in it are kind of like the word of God announcing, yeah, yeah, the show. Like it's it's really a, a kind of an amazing work of art. Um, all right, moving on. I'm in detention again for championing five seeds saved by the bell over four seed all in the family. Dan, why did you pick the white people 2020 anthem? Those were the days. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Um, so what we think. <laughs> That would work so well with um, the theme to All in the Family, which is titled "Those Were the Days." Um, is you know the 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 show is so known for Archie Bunker being you know quote unquote a lovable bigot, which is like a terrible term that we, no one should probably ever use because a bigot's a bigot. Um, but it it's so the show is actually the opposite of what the characters portray where that's not, you know, that's not the, the stories they were trying to tell. They were trying to show that, you know, that train of thought doesn't work. So that the, the theme song is so on the nose about like, Oh, we miss those days, even though like they're, they're really kind of describing like they weren't great. They, you know, it's not like we were trying to make America great again. Um, it's, you know, it, it, they're really highlighting that, we have to progress forward and we need to, to, to move on from old ways of thinking. Um, Cause I mean, realistically the actors in the show were all incredibly liberal. Um, and uh, you know, and as I was doing research for this episode, uh, I had no idea who was responsible for writing this song. So the team that wrote it, uh, Lee Adams and Charles Strauss are the team that wrote the music and lyrics to the musical Bye Bye Birdie, which yeah, and Donald Strauss wrote the music for Annie, what? which oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they're pretty good at what they have, like Tony Awards. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, and it's it's just, I mean, it's it, again, it's just to use the word iconic. Um, it's one of those songs and show openers that are instantly recognizable. Um, you know, it's been spoofed um, and reused on multiple other sitcoms. It's basically the opening of Family Guy is the same principle. Um, and we get to live in a world where Woody Harrelson and Marissa Tomei got to do a version of it on the All in the Family Live special that aired last year, which was <laughs> amazing because I always want... Uh, Marissa Tomei to play Gene Stapleton's characters from now on. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those where I, again, I feel like it was so indicative of the time and while not, you know, as directly connected to this, the plot of the show really set up what the show was setting out to do. Yeah. The, that's great argument again. And here's the thing, folks, I'm not even going to debate this one that hard. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just pick Say by the Bell because I'm hoping that Mark Paul Gosseler will drop that restraining order. It's, <laughs> it, it's fine for a, like a teenage comedy. It's really it's set in the 1990s. It's exactly what it needs to be, including like the background graphics with like purple lightning bolts and a guitar and a palm tree. Right? Um, it is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's fully serviceable. But it's up against what is 
iconic. Mm -hmm. Like we, again, we use that word a lot, but there's a reason that when I put up the poll for this, I used all in the family as the photo for it. Because when you're thinking of sitcom theme songs, Mm. that is to me like one of the chief examples of a theme song that perfectly sets the stage for what it's doing. So here I am defending the opposite choice again. Um, (laughs) That's what makes, that's what makes good podcast content, Eric. (laughs) Sure. Let's go with that. It definitely isn't me being drunk. Um, So (laughs) it sounds like we are moving. Those were the days slash uh, all in the family onto round two. And next we're going to throw it old school as three quarters of us gave three seed the Adams family, all the snaps while Emma said, Hey, Hey, I'm with the monkeys. So I'm a wife. So we were a Munsters household, which I think is the primary reason. Sure. <laughs> it's like the Sharks and Jets of 1950s TV or Nick at Night. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. Like you have the option of both and we were a Munsters house. <laughs> <laughs> and like, even as I was prepared to defend this one, a quote from a different fictional like kind of 60s group, The Wonders came up where there's a scene in that thing you do where Lenny is yelling at Jimmy as he's walking away and he's like, now he's off to write that hit song Alone in My Principle. And I'm okay being alone on this one because I think it, again, is just a great song. Like it's one of those ones that again, I think to the few others that have charted, like it was a song on the charts as were many Monkey songs. Um, and it kind of transcended the space that it was in. Whereas the Adams family, while recognizable, um, people kind of get the idea of it. And it's since been remade several times, including the recent animated one, which is not really particularly good, but it does make Oscar Isaac and Nick Kroll brothers, which great here for it. <laughs> um, yeah. I think and just kind of going back to the iconography of it versus the song, I think the monkeys is a better song. So that was what made me stand alone in my principles on this one. Fair. Kate, why the Adams family? Well, uh, I have a cat named Gomez. <laughs> so. uh, amazing. And it's over. But so so it is, it is um it's such a catchy song. It's such a such a fun, clever orchestration. The the organ, the finger snaps, the da 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 like you know you know what that is like that is woven into the fabric of like ooky spooky macabre tv that is like you know many people know it but here's the thing i am eminently swayable (laughs) (laughs) and i made a really good argument that the monkeys hey hey we're the monkeys is a much better song (laughs) it just is it's a better song it's a better song wow i did a terrible job sorry that's okay that's okay I, I, I will say that um i agree that the monk the hey hey where the monkeys is a better song and it's super catchy but if we're talking about sitcom theme songs i do think that the adams family does a better job in like leading us into what the world the is show, yeah what the world, the world is mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. opposed to the monkeys but i'm leading the witness so i'm gonna so ama you're sticking with the monkeys heels dug in <laughs> dan <laughs> So, so this this was a tough one because um, again I love the monkeys I love the show I love the band but again as theme songs go I think the Adams family just carries a little more weight behind it and okay, and I love the theme to the monkeys because again it's one of those you know what you're getting everyone at some point in time on some like high school music trip has done the monkeys walk with three of their friends. But I think the Adams family, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like, it, it, again, as Eric said, I think it just it, it leads you into the world and the show. Sticking hey, with are you, 
All right, Kate, are you going to stick with the Adams family? You know, I am. I am. My cat is looking at me right now. Exactly. He's judging me. <laughs> He's a tuxedo. He's always dressed for dinner. Caramia. <laughs> All right. So we are advancing the Adams family. Thank you, Gomez, for being our unofficial fifth vote. And then finally, in round one, three quarters of us were gridlocked in favor of two seed the Brady Bunch, while Amma was tuned into WKRP in Cincinnati. Amma, why did you go that So way? I'm writing the second verse of Alone in My Principles on this one. <laughs> <laughs> again i think it, it's a better song like i get that the brady bunch theme song does something very specific and it arguably if you were to go to anybody that had barely watched tv and say name a tv theme song this is one of the ones that they're probably most likely to be able to name but i think for this particular part of the process i kind of leaned on if i were to just listen to a song i like the wkrp song better I can't argue with that. And I will say that when I put this first up, someone who's a fan of the pop pop culture podcast said to me, Eric, what are you doing? You've betrayed Lonnie Anderson. Where's WKRP in Cincinnati? And I'm like, it's on there, Gabe. And it was. Like, <laughs> it is such a, um, a such a good song that literally within minutes are people are like, hey, dum-dum, you didn't include it. So that's how uh, a, a good of a song that it is. Kate, can you defend the Brady Bunch? I mean, here, so this is going to be an interesting defense too because like I don't really like the Brady Bunch I don't really like the song but like to Hama's point like if you if anyone is remotely aware of the idea of television and syndicated television and you ask them give me a TV theme song they'll be like I've got a story of a pretty lady right it's a lady first right yeah anyway yeah, like it's such a it, it hits all those things right like the song itself is catchy the song itself is inane and it sets you up for an inane TV show right like <laughs> Sorry, 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 Brady lovers. It's a name. (laughs) And and it's just like its prominence in pop culture as a theme song, as a sitcom theme song is just totally undeniable. So, yeah, I think that's that's my argument is and and I'm looking forward to it getting knocked out in the next round. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, same like T. But uh, and I think you really just kind of nailed it on the head, like even now. When we're recording this still during pandemic 2020, most of us are still doing Zoom calls. Every yes, fucking yes. Zoom meeting, someone's like, oh my God, you guys were the Brady Bunch. It's so omnipresent. It is a universal constant. The Brady Bunch song has pervaded every like area of our society. And that show hasn't been on the air in 50 years, but oh we God. still know it. We still recognize the song. So for that reason, I put it over WKRP, which is a great song. In fact, all the 70 songs on this uh, bracket are really great. And Dan, who's on here, has done a wonderful job putting together a Spotify playlist of all these. We'll put it on the website so you can go through and listen to them yourself. Um, I also made a YouTube playlist of all the credits so that you can watch them. Um, so find all that on Great Pop Culture Debate. WKRP is an awesome song. It is a groove. It's that great 70s. You got the window open in your car. Your hair's flowing. It's a great moment. <laughs> but again, iconic wise, I'm putting Brady Bunch forward. So Dan, are you still Brady Bunch? Yeah, I'm still Brady Bunch. Kate, are you still Brady Bunch? I am, regrettably. <laughs> Ama, are you going to be terribly upset with us if we put through uh, Brady Bunch? I can be swayed here for a very specific reason, and that is Marsha Brady had a celebrity crush of Davy Jones. So I still get what I want. Ooh. There you go. I love it. 
<laughs> Rationalizing. I love it. That's perfect. So, folks, that is it for round one. We are down to the sweet sitcom 16. Do you agree with our picks or do you think we need to book an appointment with Dr. Fraser Crane? Let us know at grapecopculturedebate.com. Then make sure to come back later this week for part two when the Golden Girls, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the Jeffersons, and Friends enter the fray and we name our best sitcom theme song of all time. We'll be there for you like you're there for us too. So we'll see you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.